All right, we're live. Uh, another episode. It's 40-something. It's 42, 43, somewhere around there. <laughs> That's because we're getting them all mixed up. Going yeah, back so uh, we're back for Cutler Cast, guys. Uh, appreciate all the uh, the support you guys are giving us. We're going to have our little conversation today. We have a couple co- topics we want to cover. And, uh, you know, we've had a crazy, crazy last few days. And, and uh, you know, everything seems to be going smooth. So, so we're now, uh, how far out? We're 16 weeks out from the um, is it? Yeah, it was 16 from this past so, weekend, I think. Finally, like, it seems like, you know, since the Olympia was pushed mm-hmm. this year, like, we've been talking, it's like the longest buildup of all time because we've never experienced ever since I've been following bodybuilding an Olympia in December. Yeah. I mean, and it it's been so over, late. it's been over a year. Yeah. So it was last year in October. Mm-hmm. Was it was October. Last year. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that's a huge, huge stretch, and we've been talking about a lot of uh, up-and-coming and, you know, a lot of pitchers, a big Rami have surfaced lately, mm-hmm. a lot of training stuff. I was just watching, you know, him train with Dennis James mm-hmm. at that private gym that we went to in Dubai, do you yeah. remember? The the brothers. Yeah, so, and, dude, he was just crushing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, so for you, you are, you haven't competed in, what, seven years, eight years? What goes through your... Uh, what goes to your head now? Even though you're retired, you still wake up. Do you wake up some mornings and be like, wow, I'm 16 weeks out? Like, if you were 16 weeks out right now, what would the, what would the, the day in the life be like of Jay Cutler 16 weeks out getting ready for the Olympia? Um, you know, for me, dude, it would be, uh, you know, kind of the start. I, can, I think I really actually start around 20 weeks yeah, so usually, I mean, I kind of, when I think back to, you know, my early preps when I was looking at Olympia, I remember my first one was 99, so Chris Aceto was kind of handling those preps, and I always liked to get a jump start because I would obviously travel through the year, and I just want to make sure I was getting ahead. So at 20 weeks out, I would start monitoring, like, okay, I want to make sure I try to get enough meals. That was the biggest mm-hmm. uh, obstacle that I went through. And then definitely at 16 weeks is like, I would run in like cycles of four weeks. So okay. I would take 16 to 12, a certain range, and then from 12 to eight, a certain range. And then from eight down, dude, it was like, that was real crunch time. By eight weeks, I was really, really like coming in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at six weeks down, they talk about, I remember people telling me, <coughs> you know, at six weeks out, you should start seeing lines in your glutes and that kind of stuff. Now, granted, I wasn't a huge striation like till the end. I mean, if I even had for certain shows, depending on how big I came in, uh, that was one thing. It always hindered me the backside, right? Mm -hmm. It was always the last to come in. I was always shredded from the front. Uh, but what I would basically do is I would start monitoring, talking to Chris consistently, taking pictures, um, you know, paying attention to everything at 16 weeks, but I would make sure that everything was calculated. Remember, I tried to cut most of my appearances of a distance, at 16 weeks. So at 16 weeks out, dude, I wasn't flying here to Massachusetts or whatever. I was staying basically in the range of California or wherever else. Like mm-hmm. Lonnie Teeper would be the last appearance. Usually. Driving that distance. Was, yeah, we would drive. And I mean, you were there in 07 yeah. during that period. Uh, because the show was always towards like September. And now we're talking, this was, most of the travel would end in June. Mm-hmm. And I would just wouldn't take any more appearances. Uh, granted, like, Back in the day, like when we were all under weeder contract, we couldn't say no. Like today, a lot of guys have that ability to say no. 
like you manage a couple yeah. bigger names. I mean, are you gonna put are you gonna put a Regan on a plane ten weeks out to fly internationally? No. No. I mean I mean, look, we did this last year. I don't know if you remember or not, but this last year we he competed in Egypt and he had an expo the same weekend. And that was but that expo was in the books before he decided to do the show. So that wasn't on them. It was on him for saying, I want to do this show that Sunday, but it's like, well, you're already booked for this. You've been booked for this six months in advance. So he did both. But for the most part, no. Like I was even on the phone with Eurishna this morning because she gets offers nonstop. And this year, you know, at about eight weeks out, nothing, just zero because mm-hmm. she wants to concentrate just on the show to where years passed. She would travel a little bit more. She would still take appearances. But if you want to be the best of the best, you got to you got to get in that robot mode and you know more about that than I would. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's like mentally you, it's, it's harder than physically. Yeah. So like you have to know there's no place like training at your home gym. And that's what I, I tried to explain to people is like, it's funny towards like the end of my preparations, especially like the last, like I mentioned eight weeks, I really kind of trained at the same gym. Because I knew, like, even though Vegas had so many different, I'm going to compare everything to Vegas because that was, like, the most of my career um, at the Olympia stages I was here. So I would kind of choose, like, that as my home gym. And it seems like it got earlier and earlier the times I trained, meaning, like, I got up earlier, went to bed earlier. You know, I was on track to eat the six meals a day. Um, Everything had to be weighed portionately. And I was one of the guys that, you know, I know, like, a lot of bodybuilders didn't weigh their food and measure everything, but I actually paid close attention to what I put in my body. And I would always measure carbohydrates and proteins. Okay. Okay. And to this day, like I get so many questions about carb cycling and how that works. And the truth is, is like, you know, at 16 weeks down to 12 weeks, I would just basically get, be in the process. Cause like I said, I would start kind of at 20 weeks anyway, but I would still eat a lot of my meats. I wouldn't even add fish in necessarily then. And then from 12 weeks down, I would start cycling in fish, white fish, to really start bringing my skin a little thinner. Do you notice, did you notice a dramatic difference? If I you did. Switched, do you, I don't know why that is. But. You know, I don't have an explanation, but anyone, if I trained people specifically to get ready for a bodybuilding show today, based on working with Hani Rambod and Chris Aceto, they both had me on white fish. And you can probably attest, yeah. you worked Orange alongside with Phil. And, but yeah. Orange Ruffy was like, I mean, I, that wasn't available a lot. So I had a lot of tilapia. Um, and I'm going to shout out Honey Rambod for this. We used to have the honey special, which was like mustard mixed up with, you tilapia. know, uh, tilapia and he rice. You told me about you know? the phone day. Yeah, the so, honey special, the so, honey special. <laughs> and I hated it. You know, I hated it. But, you know, myself and Phil, that's one thing that we both did. Okay. We didn't train the same. We didn't diet the same. But we did eat the white fish to really thin the skin down. And... I, I listen, I'm not deep in that deep in to say, okay, there's definite proof that that, that happens. But mm-hmm. Chris has always said it to me correctly is like, listen, you want to go as low fat as possible. You know, yes, you can have added fats, but he always loved to just say, okay, just let's keep fat to a minimum. Allow yourself to be able to eat the protein and the carbs. And that allowed me to eat more carbohydrates. Now, granted some people's metabolism they need the fat to really kind of stunt their metabolism a little bit because yeah. it gets too fast, right? And granted, at the end, I mean, even working with honey, like we put in almond butter and, um, 
you know, avocado, which I never really did before. So if people said, well, what'd you do different in 09? I think, you know, I started adding some fats in there, but I still ate a shit ton of food pretty much. Uh, But the diets were very similar. It's just that Hani was just more methodical about like trying to just make sure I was on point because obviously we had something to prove where Chris, you know, was, he's a genius when it comes to just knowing exactly what my, my weight was going to be in four days versus, you know, two weeks from then or whatever else. Uh, did you, when you were, when you were, did it make a difference for you if you were eating 10 ounces of chicken and you started switching it to white fish, would you still eat 10 ounces of white fish? No, it actually grew up in, in, uh, because you're getting a lot less fat in there. Mm -hmm. So the white fish, you know, it contains very like little fat. So you're not getting those extra nine calories per, per gram. Right. Okay. So basically. I always wondered that. Yeah. So, so if I was eating 10 ounces of chicken, you know, he would have hit me on like at least 12 to 14 ounces of fish. I remember Phil, I could have swore Phil was doing. I was doing a pound of fish every meal. Yeah, I was going to say 16 ounces, I thought, of whitefish. Yeah. Cod, cod or, or. But it went it right through you. It digests super fast. Yeah. And I think that was another thing. It would definitely increase my appetite, but it would also allow me to eat more carbs or, mm-hmm. you know, other calories, you know, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did thin the skin, man. You know, just like I, the cardio was the same way. Like I would start. You know, a few sessions a week at 16 weeks, and then eventually, you know, you get down, you're doing every day, and then, you know, eight weeks down, you're doing twice a day, right? 45 and 45 Didn't you cardio. have shows where you did no cardio? Yes. Did What was the big difference between the shows you did no cardio and the shows where you did? You know, I, I, I have this theory, um, you know, if you train faster and more frequent, you can avoid doing the cardio training, but it's very hard for people to train with that much intensity, that much shorter rest periods between and training twice a day. Like when I trained twice a day back early on, like two, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002, I barely did any cardio. Like I remember like being like, Chris, I want to do 20 minutes of cardio. He's like, okay, be careful. Don't shrink, you know, because <laughs> he knew, okay, you, I was training twice a day. I was doing saunas twice a day. You know, I get up and walk scrappy in the morning, like around Aliso Viejo, uh, which was like 30 minutes, but it was just like, but he's like, dude, just think how much effort it takes for you to move 300 pounds. Every step you're burning Yeah, so he's like, you can't like, anyone that sits on a cardio machine and says, well, I've just burned 600 calories. Like it it really doesn't measure what your real metabolism is, you know? So it's kind of stupid to even keep track. I know people now watch their steps or they have like a monitor. But for me, it was just kind of a touch and feel. And, you know, when I worked with, <clears throat> with Hani, I ended up doing, you know, two 45-minute sessions a day. And he was, like, adamant about being on the stairs and everything else. And granted, 09, I looked my best, right? Yeah. I had in years. But 2001, dude, I did no cardio at all. Yeah. Zero. Just twice a day training. Twice a day training. But I got ready at 14 weeks out from the 01 Olympia. Like, I started at 20 weeks by... 14 weeks out, I was really, really cut. Mm-hmm. I was in great shape. So I, it kind of allowed me to be able to eat and fluctuate back and forth. So I had like a high, low, medium carb day. So the days off would be low, 400, low carb day. Which is high for some people. <laughs> medium would be around 650. Mm-hmm. And then the highs would be 1,000. Okay. And it actually got to the point when you get eight weeks out my metabolism so fast, I was on more high days than I was. So I would basically go on a two on, 
one-off training cycle, okay? So I'd like do two high days in a row, thousand. Then I'd go down to four hundred on the low day, and then go right back to high. And that swing of those fluctuation, it crazy changes your body. Because mm-hmm. think about it, your body thinks it's absolutely starving. You know? Yeah. Did you now for you like on a on a mental tip? How did you feel different between the? What's thousand? up, man? Perfect timing. You bringing us checks or what? No, we're broke. <laughs> So on what, how did you, do you feel dramatic difference? You know, some people go on low carbs and they feel like death. When you went down to 400, Dude, I did you felt, feel? I felt like shit. 400? Yeah. God. Because that swing, dude, think about it. You go from 1,000 to 400. That's a huge swing. But it's still 400. I feel like I'm dying. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know how many people, if you said, I only had 400 dying, they hate, dying, me, they they hate like, me. But you got to remember, dude, I was feeding a massive body, right? I remember, I, was, I remember there were times where Roden would have his carbs literally at, like, zero for, yeah. like, three, four days. Like, two hours of cardio, just... He had them and eating fats, though. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure what he gave him, but I remember how I would just look at him, and his, his, he had no facial expressions, no nothing, and... He would just be like... He was a man of many words anyway. I haven't had carbs yeah. in three days. And I'm doing two hours of cardio a day. But he would be from fat and shredded in like a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah crazy, right? So you, so you going, again, going back to the carb cycling stuff, do you think today's guys take it extreme as you did? No, I don't. I don't. I feel like there was no cheat days or anything like that. Like, even now, like I watch, you know... A lot of these um, nutrition coaches like have cheat days in there, like yeah. whether it's burger and fries or eating, you know, the muffin thing with like Regan and yeah. all that. Like, man, like we didn't have that. So I don't know about the twice a day training. Like I keep saying this, like I would love to bring back twice a day training, especially for the guys that do this for a living, because I feel it's like if you go back and ask Chris Cormier, Flex Wheeler, or all these guys, Kevin Levrone, Sean Ray, they all train twice a day. And I do think that it has its benefits. I, I mean, if I was Regan Grimes right now, I would probably be training twice a day. And I mean, that probably go against what Milo says, but I think it's worth a try because I don't know if he's ever tried that. Yeah. But definitely a larger and a smaller body part in a day, five hours in between. It's like the Joe Eater principle, right? That's what we were taught. I mean, Schwarzenegger did that back in the era. And I mean, he wasn't even really financially or nutritionally being you know, a bodybuilder necessarily. It's 500 bucks back then, you know? Yeah. But I would definitely, if I took someone under my wing and I saw the potential, like the Phil Heath situation or whatever else, I would definitely, uh, if I was to coach someone, I would probably put them on twice a day training. And that doesn't, you know, and that I would alleviate, like I believe in this CETO way of like less cardio mm-hmm. because ca- cardio is counterproductive. People say, oh, it increases your appetite or... You know, it's good for your heart. But for these young guys, like, listen, man, you're you're, burning your you're, legs. Bur- you're just, yeah, it's just your, your metabolism is good anyway. And I don't, I don't believe that, you know, cardio can be as beneficial as people think it is when you're trying to put on extreme amounts of muscle mass. There's no question. I think you can get as lean as possible with just carb cycling, um, you know, zigzag diet routine and the right type of training, like the speed, you don't, you know, you train with me, right? I yeah. mean, we yeah. go, you, you go, I go, you, and, and listen, these workouts can be done in 30 minutes. I mean, I, if I was training by myself, dude, like people used to be like, you're already done. And I was training for Olympias because, and I would do, Hey, I did 20 sets. 
I did yeah. 20 sets in 20 minutes. I mean, I was like, boom, 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 you know? And I remember Chris telling me, he's like, dude, if you go in and you feel great after f- five, six, seven, eight sets, stop. Yeah. And that was really hard for me to do. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing he said, listen to what your body tells you. If you get a crazy pump in that short amount of time or sets, don't keep going. I mean, how many times have we trained? And I'm like, like yesterday we did back and I started to count the sets. I'm like, bro, we've already done 15 sets. It's plenty for what we're yeah. doing now. We're not eating we properly. We did more than that. We did five exercises yeah. and some were four sets. Yeah. So, so I mean, I felt like kept, I felt like I wanted to keep going. Yeah. You felt the same, but I'm like, dude, we're done. Like, we, what else just, we can do? Yeah, we, we're not eating even four meals a day at this point. I do, I do that every once in a while. I'll go in the gym and I'll train, and they'll be like, you're leaving already? I'm like, well, I just did biceps. Yeah. But, but you've only been here for 30 minutes. And I'm like, how many exercises can I do? I did five exercises. I did three working sets of each with a, what, 30, 45-second break in between? It's what so crazy how stink- instinctive I am now. Like, I, I got up this morning and I did fasted cardio. You know, I did 40 minutes, but... Like, I was on the treadmill for 30 minutes, and I could have gone, like, I, I bought that new Woodway treadmill. I was telling you, it's like walking on a cloud, right? And, you know, it doesn't hurt my legs or anything like that, because sometimes when you do cardio day after day after day, your like, your legs get tired, right? I, I was like, I stopped at 30 minutes, because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sit on the bike and do the other 10 minutes, because I didn't want to go to extreme, because I'm like, you know what? I don't want to push myself. I've been doing cardio every day. I, I want to stay on a consistent schedule, so... Like and you still walk your dog, too. Of course, yeah. I walked Capone before I did that, but I don't consider that, you know, even though I weigh 245 or whatever, yeah. I don't consider that much. It's just around the block usually. Uh, but, like, I still stay on that instinctive type, okay, let's not overdo it, right? You want to do as – this is the goal, right? <laughs> do as little as you have to do to maintain. That's exactly – it's just like when you work, right? I mean, do as little as you have to do with the most benefit, yeah. meaning like – Work you, smart. Yeah, work smarter, not harder, right? I mean, I think I think to a certain degree that that principle right there is why Dexter had such a long career because his first fifteen years he did zero cardio. Yeah, so he didn't have the wear and tear in his legs. Most people's legs go out earlier. His legs lasted a decade longer than most people's, and that probably has something to do with him not having all those miles on his legs, not doing cardio for all those years. And it's hard, you know. Some of these guys do they lose their legs early? I mean, I just wondered if I wanted to, you know, remember, I'm going to be fit at 50, like crazy. Like, that's my goal, right? And I, I do plan, like, the girl came to f- do suit suit testing. Like, I was yeah. trying on new suits yesterday. Um, I had to tailor some of my suits because the arm size has come down and the lats, you know, so she tied everything in. And then if the legs especially, like, she brought in, you know, definitely towards my calves. And I, she measured my calves, and there were 17 inches, and they used to be 20, you know, my calves. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I remember when I first came here. This was 2016. She's like, I remember how big you were. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to fit this guy? Your drop was just so crazy. <laughs> and uh, it just goes to show, I mean, you don't, I don't see it because I'm like, oh, I still weigh in the 240s. But, you know, Angie's like, when I met you, you were almost 270. I'm yeah. like, really? Yeah. I don't remember. I see. I mean, I see it often just because I'm the person that's standing there while you're doing these appearances. And people will always come up and they'll go. Holy! I'll hear like the people talking. Holy fuck! Yeah. Look at how huge he is. He's so massive, and I'm like thinking to myself, like he's like seventy pounds mm-hmm. smaller than he once was. He's not big now, but you're still bigger than the average person. I mean, I go in Fit Club. I was watching the videos yesterday, dude, and I don't think you were paying attention, but I'm watching the videos of me from the past, and I was like, oh my god, like how did I ever do that weight? Like we rode t- three bars on the T bar yesterday. Yeah, that was like the warm up. Three plates, and it yeah. was like. 
oh, I'm not going to go any heavier than this, you know? Yeah. A part of me wanted to. No, but I was yeah. good. I was good. I did 12 reps, and I was kind of holding, yeah. and and I was like, you know, I could go up a plate, but what's the point? It it, it fucks with my head. You know what's funny, though? You know what I noticed yesterday? I'm, I'm going to call you out. Oh, boy. So we did seated rows, yeah. and I said, okay, 160. And, dude, you bumped right up to, like, 200s. 200, yeah. And then I noticed you dropped back down to 160. Why? Because my hand was slipping. Oh. And I was like, and my hand was sweaty, which I, you know, I've told you before, like I have this like weird grip strength where if I can get my fingers around, I yeah, can yeah. hold it. Hook, but yeah. for whatever reason, my hands were sliding and it kept digging in my finger. I was like, fuck, I can't do this much weight today. So I'm like, I have to go back down. Then it was, yeah. Cause I'm fine. like, dude, what a pussy. I was like, I went up to 180, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but I, you know, cause I did yeah. three sets. So I was like 160, 180. And I, I don't, I didn't go to 200 just because. Yeah. I did two sets. Of I mean, I did, the but I was surprised. I'm like, I didn't even ask you. I, yeah. I didn't say, Hey, why'd you drop down so much? I, w I did the 200 for 10 and I had this, it, like I said, they dug into my hand and I'm like, this yeah, shit yeah. hurts. So I'm like, all right. So I still, I still battle this when, when, when I go train, you still have an ego. Yes. I still look at the weights and I'll be like, oh, I'll grab the one thirties. I'll grab the one four. Like I want to. And then the part of me is like, why? You've done it a couple of times with chest. I'm like, you can't do those 130s. And you're like, of course I can. And then you end up tweaking something. You're like, fuck, why well, did I do one, that? that? That one day, <laughs> see, you're the voice of doom. You're just bad luck. That one day we're in the gym training and I go to grab the 125s. You're like, don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm thinking it's 250 pounds. Like that's not a big deal. I can still do them 15, 20 times. Yeah. And I remember I did it, whatever. And as I set it back on my knee, I felt a pop in my arm. I'm like, oh, fuck. Are you kidding me? This dick fucking just, this dick just jinxed yeah. me. And I didn't, it, I've never hurt myself in the gym ever. So now, ever since that day, I'm scared to lift heavy. Like I did, I did flat bench press the other day. Mm -hmm. I went up to like 275. I did it like 10 times, two, three sets of 10 times. And I'm like, should I go to 315? I'm like, the voice of doom's in the back. And I hear the voice of doom. Like, you're going to hurt yourself. I wasn't yourself. with you. You're gonna, no, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> so now I'm like, I go to the gym and I'm like, I'm going to do whatever pussy workout I can do. I'm just going to get it in because I don't want to hurt myself because as you get older, you can hurt yourself. And yeah, yeah. what do I need to lift those heavy weights for? Even though Fit Club now has 150s, and I'm like in the back of my head, I'm like, I could press those. Why did they get did they get new dumbbells? Or? He just he bought them off some guy for a hundred. Oh, really? Yeah, he bought it. And I now didn't they're see there. Him. And he goes, I think I should sell them. It's a liability. I said, keep oh, them here. So he had 130s, so he has he went right he up went, to 150. He bought a pair of 150s. Oh, I'm okay. like, well, keep them here because Regan will use them or whoever else. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I can still do the 150s. Yeah. But then I'm like, the voice of doom's gonna jinx me and I'm gonna fucking tear something. So yeah, it's crazy because I never had these weight challenges. Like we talk about um, you know, how we like challenge ourselves right and usually when it's with training partners i mean i remember going under four plates and i was talking about this with when i was at this appearance this past week and i was up in uh tracy california and the guy's like asking me about bench pressing you ever almost injure yourself i remember 405 it got to the point where i literally could rip it you know like yeah yeah and i was always paying attention how ronnie would bench press and it seemed like it was so fast movements and when you go through with that kind of weight like that you end up tweaking something, you know, especially when you're not used to it. So I remember getting so strong and I would just start banging out the weights and I always got a twinge in there, especially yeah. on the flat bench, because it seems to be the most common exercise where yeah. people tear their pack. So I remember two or three occasions. I mean, the last time I flat bench was 2005. And I remember specifically, I was at the Gold's Gym on Sahara Decatur. 
which is now closed. And uh, I got under that bench, man. And 405, I started ripping on like the third rep. I felt the twinge. I racked it. And I, that was the last time I ever got under a flat bench barbell mm-hmm. ever. I do. I mean, we do it once, not, but it's not, you know, on the Smith machine. Oh, it was a wee, uh, 185. But, you know, even the other day I did, I, I do it here and there, more incline because of my, my shoulder. The I got screws put in my shoulder in 2014. And flat bench can be awkward, but incline doesn't affect me. So, I mean, I'll, you know, 225, 275 on incline, but part of me wants to go heavier because I know I can, but. It's such an ego thing, though. Everyone's like, how much you bench press, you know? But my question is, is the most common thing that often I'm asked now is like, are deadlifts necessary for bodybuilding? I should ask the question, are barbell bench presses necessary for bodybuilding? I think we all started. I think anyone, I had a weight set down in my basement that my brothers had with the concrete weights. Dude, I used to go and see how much I could bench press. I remember doing 70 pounds like when I was super young and everyone being like, wow, you're like the strongest like eight-year-old or whatever. I was benching 70. I mean, I still think flat bench press is the best chest exercise. I know, but barbell? I feel it. Even if I don't go heavy, even if I went to okay. 185, I feel the squeeze all the way up and down, and it's the most tension you can put on it. I don't feel it from the machines. Like if we do hammer strength, we're doing the incline. I don't feel it. See, as I much. feel it because I, I work on contracting the chest, yeah. but I would love to know our viewers or listeners yeah. what their thoughts it is, are. It on. is for sure an ego thing, though, without a doubt. Like what's the most, uh, what's the craziest feat you've ever physically seen in the gym by someone? I know you've worked around Brian Shaw, so I've seen, you know, uh, you've seen that kind of stuff, but like I saw Eric Spoto like benching at Gold's that's insane, Gym. Yeah. And he had the world bench press record for some time. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I haven't, I've never, I've obviously seen it like at meets and stuff, but actually in the gym, it's very rare that someone lifts that heavy. You know, it's very rare that someone even hits five. Like there's very rare people hit four plates now. But like, you know, I've seen five plates. I think I've seen six yeah. once or twice. I mean, I never, I never personally benched five plates. I know I could have. Because when I was younger, I mean, I could do 455 for five with a pause. So I'm sure I could go heavier, but I just never did. Because I remember the one time, the last time I went that heavy, I felt not a tear, but I felt something pull. And I've never, I've never went above four plates ever again. Yeah, it's crazy because back at Gold's Gym in Worcester, like when guys would get under the squat with five plates and rep it out, like everyone would go crazy. They would just stop and watch, you know. And five plates in squat is pretty normal. But though. for several reps, you know. Yeah. That's pretty normal for squat, not bench press. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, when I go to, when I went to Brian, when I trained at Brian's gym with him that one day, that one day, actually, I shouldn't say I trained separate with him, but I watched him. At the end of his workout, his back workout was two and a half hours. And it was all kinds of crazy. But a lot of rest. Yes. A lot of rest, but heavy, heavy weight. At the end, I mean, we're talking 800 pound deadlifts for reps. We're talking everything you can imagine. The last thing he did was rows. And he has cust- his dumbbells go up to two thirties, and he did the two thirties. What do you mean? Like how long is the dumbbell? Being it's there. That's that custom. Oh, one so where it's like really. It's just big, bigger. Yeah, big weights. But you know, he has his rack up to two hundred, and then or up to one ninety, and then he has a custom that's two hundred to ten to fifteen to twenty, all the way up to two thirty, and he did the two thirties for like sets of twenty or twenty five at the end of his workout. Mm-hmm. There's very few people that can even pick those damn things up, let alone move them 
I mean, I'm sure in your heyday you could have wrote it, but would you have done it 20 times after a two-and-a-half-hour I, I look at Big Boy when he did those gold dumbbells at oh, Gold's yeah, Venice, yeah, yeah. and those are like 300. or yeah. yeah, those are crazy. And he wrote it like 10 times, which is crazy to me. Yeah. I I remember grabbing the handle, and, and granted the handle is as thick <laughs> as this can, right? Yeah. You can't grab it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I would tear my bicep off. And I'm like, yeah. God, how times have changed because I probably could have held that with my fingers before and yanked yeah. it. I, I think mean, Big Boy told me they have 250 dumbbells at, at uh, Metroflex that they made for Ronnie. Okay. And he actually pressed them, and Ronnie yeah. sat and watched him. He was the only person ever to press them. It's a lot of weight, man. 250, 500 pounds with dumbbells? Yeah, and I, I believe that those dumbbells were the 10-pound plates. So I remember... Yeah. AFS used to make these dumbbells when they were 200. <laughs> they were literally were this long, bro, yeah. the handle in the middle. So when you press them, because I did this for a photo shoot at Flex, you probably find it somewhere in a magazine, like you had to be way out. Like, yeah, or so you, you could touch them together. Yeah, no, you can't touch them because they're, if you, this is how they're touching, you yeah. know? No, I was going to say, if they were touching, it would just be like a, yeah, regular, yeah, like yeah, a barbell, yeah. just lead them against each other. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, other than that, I haven't seen any... I don't know. I just I've never witnessed a ton of crazy. But I did witness, things. you know, Rami the latest footage Dennis James put up, dude. I mean, he had every lip plate loaded on the leg press, and like he's serious this year. So, you know, we were talking about all these up and coming guys, you know, the Crizos and Andrew Jackson, all these people that potentially could be, and the Nick Walker coming to take it, or Hunter, or Hottie, Brandon Curry. I think, dude, I think Rami is like on a mission right now. I mean, look, it's 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 hard to make predictions on on who's going to do what. But we've kind of predict he's going to repeat, I, huh? I, I know he's so wide. Did you see? Yes. We talked about that the other day. So talk a little bit you're, about that. So I've always said this. You're you're the one of the few people that talks about how much width matters. Mm -hmm. You don't hear people say that. Everyone talks about how shredded are they, or how about this, how about that. Width matters. The wider you are, the better. That's why you beat so many guys because you are wider than them. And when you're wider, shoulder width is crazy. Exactly. Right? When the when the shoulders have this crazy width, your waist appears smaller regardless, and you look that much bigger. I think that's why Hottie does well because he's got width for a shorter mm -hmm. guy. But Rami, no matter what everyone says, they don't realize he's six feet tall. He's not short. And he's you know what not. the crazy thing is? Like Rami's got the shoulders, bro. But he's got the quad roundness too. He's got the biggest legs up there too. Yes. Yeah, so when you when you put a waist in the middle, doesn't matter how wide it is, and he doesn't have a super. His waist appears even smaller now. The wider his upper body gets because his yes. legs are just ridiculous. Like I always said, like I'm surprised he trains him that hard still. It, it, it's not necessary. At yeah. This, at but this point. but he's coming. I I mean, look, and and this isn't taking anything away from everybody. I I hope everyone brings their A game. I hope everyone nails it. But. I just have a feeling Rami is just in a different category. And even if, if he comes in shape like he did two years ago, it doesn't have to be his all-time best. If he looks the way he did two years ago, who is going to beat him? Who? We who? said this all along. Do you remember? If, we always said if Rami got in shape, no one's going to beat him. And it took him, it took him how many attempts to get there? A while. Now, if he looks fresh, it looks like he's rested if he's what is he 336 pounds i mean you can't be you can't beat somebody he's pretty relatively lean so. he's he's lean he doesn't like you'll hear people say oh, he doesn't have good symmetry structure actually i disagree with that like he's he's wide he's got a, his shoulder to to waist ratio is crazy he's just he's you know what it is dude he's not aesthetic in people's eyes aesthetic yes. 
you know, we have classic now. Yes. So it's an in-between, like, who's aesthetic, right? I mean, is Brandon Curry aesthetic? As much as he's a mass monster, he's still not overly big in all yes. areas, right? Yes. So when they look at Rami, like, he has does have bigger, like, glutes and hips and, you yeah. know, just the whole structures. He's considered a mass guy, right? Yes. Where aesthetics, you know, you would almost look at Hunter as better aesthetics than a yeah. Nick Walker or... Of course. Those kind of guys, right? But I, even when I look at Rami, I, I, he's put together well for a big guy. Yeah. He is. He like, does have good shape. He, he's not lacking anything. Like, like from the side, he's lights out. From the, I mean, his, his, I mean, this last year, his arms were downsized a little bit. But even if you took Rami, let's say two years ago, when he was at his, his all-time best, he could have stood there with you and Ronnie. He's 300 pounds. He yeah. could have. I mean, I, I don't know how that would have would have happened, but what would what would the, the you know uh, let's say an off Jay Cutler at two sixty next to an on Rami at two ninety five? I mean, he could have beat you. Mm-hmm. He could have beat Ronnie if Ronnie wasn't there. So for these people, for nowadays, people to think like I just get this vibe that people think he's like like weak and he's easily beatable. He's not easily beatable. He's not. No, you know, I I actually went through a period where I wasn't sure because he was so absent from social media. And I yeah. was like, man, is he like going to... Because remember, he said last year he didn't train. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, is he just going to try to pull this together again? But it seems like now, like he's like, listen, I have been training and I've been active on social. I think Dennis James going out there and putting him on yeah. social was great. It'll help. I think it's going to hype it up a little bit. And, you know, especially being four months out. Yeah. You know, the question is, when's he come to... Uh, when's he come to Vegas, uh, Arizona, Arizona, and yeah. then end up in Las Vegas? I mean, hey, I'm, I'm going to say this, and, and and I know I'm sure I'll get flamed for it, and everyone will get all pissed off and upset, or whatever. But I really think Rami is going to win handily, and second through tenth is wide open. There's there a guy like Nick Walker could come right in there and be the guy compared to him. You know, or a guy like Andrew Jack could, or a guy like Hunter could, or Hottie could, or Samson Dowda could, or Brandon Curry could, or William Bonnick is back to what he looked like before. Who's this? Any one of these guys. Nathan, yeah. Nathan Diasha, who's going to be back in the Olympia stage for the first time in three years. There's a lot of guys mm-hmm. there that can legitimately fight to win. I just don't know if anyone can overtake Rami at this point, if he's in shape. If he's in shape, it's over. It's not it nobody has nobody's good enough to overtake him in shape. But after that, it's wide. That's just my opinion. And I know everyone else, you know, might have a different opinion, but it's a it, we'll see. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about this Arnold Classic controversy a little bit. What do you think before I make an answer? Right, I want I want to hear your spiel you on know, it. So so just kind of give an oversight overview of what's happening here. So because you're kind of close to this uh so the so the Arnold Sports Festival um, decided not to bring back four divisions. And the reality is the four divisions they brought, didn't bring back, one was women's bodybuilding, which they did not, I think they removed women's bodybuilding about eight years ago. They didn't bring back 212, which I remember Bob Lormer telling me when he wasn't going to bring it back. That was about five years ago. They didn't bring back women's physique, and they didn't bring back figure. So they have three men's divisions and three women's divisions. And I know a lot of people, a lot of people have got emotions about this because they assume that because it's the Arnold, they should automatically have every division. But the Arnold's an invitational. He's a private promoter, just like any other promoter out there. 
He's in it because it's a business to make money. The divisions that, and this is my opinion, the divisions that were removed were removed because they're not they're not getting an ROI on those divisions. Okay, so what's the removed uh, divisions, by the way? The removed divisions were women's bodybuilding, yep. women's physique, 212, 212, and figure. Okay. Okay. So these particular vision, these particular divisions are not getting the sponsor. The sponsors are not supporting it on a, on a financial level. Yep. The fans don't support it as much as they want to say they do. They don't. They don't show up to these shows and buy tickets. They don't promote buying the streams. And I know there was a bunch of people online that were all of a sudden, I can't believe they're doing this. And they're, they're so upset that these divisions are getting cut. Which one of these, like whether it was an Instagram page or a website or an athlete, which one of these people in the last two years have promoted any one of those divisions? Which one of them has said, hey, these guys are doing all these divisions. Go buy their stream. Go support it with your dollars. So you mean the athletes who's just, promoting just in, it or, just or the, the promoter? The athletes and people that are upset about it. Because there's okay. a ton of people right now that are upset about this. But the same people that are that are trying to pile on Arnold, they're not saying this to the other 100 promoters that don't do these but, divisions. But you can understand people's... Um, it's just unclear because they're not they don't actually see those numbers right of course that's that's the issue is like you know you say okay well how many tickets were sold for men's bodybuilding or classic or mm -hmm. like it's just canceled so there's no real like hey like this is how much it's gone down or how much we've lost or yeah. like there's a there's a cap on where we are. it's a break even yeah. to host this event being with production live streaming, staffing, yeah. prize money, so, sponsor. So I, I asked them, just because I want to know this from my own yep. personal opinion, the Arnold costs about $1.8 million to put on. It doesn't recoup. It doesn't. The expo Carries generates it. money to carry it over. So some of these same people that were so angry saying, you got slap fighting there and you're getting rid of this. Slap fighting had nothing to do with the Arnold Classic. That was at the expo, mm -hmm. but slap fighting generated more money than the Arnold did as an entire show combined, and they don't realize this. There's a big difference between an expo, and where which where the money's generated in the actual show. So I think a lot of people, because I, I listen to some of the interviews where people are really critical of Arnold, and the first thing that went through my head is, there's a hundred other promoters out there that don't do these divisions either. Why haven't you been piling on them? Why haven't you said anything? Because I know a lot of promoters that do tons of shows. They do not book those divisions because they don't get a return on investment. They the don't. Problem, the problem that I foresee, Ro, is that, you know, back in my era, it was men's and women's bodybuilding, right? Yeah. And now you have so many divisions, and there's going to be a star of certain ones. Yes, for okay? sure. And some stars are going to be bigger. Like, I'm going to give an example, like, Chris Bumstead for classic. Yes. 212, it was, I believe, Flex Lewis because he Lewis was for forever, right? Yes. Um, you know, figure. Who's the star of figure? Like right now it's Sydney. Sydney, because she's won so many. She's right? won five. Yes. But if you look at figure, and this is just I'm just I'm just saying this from what I see, 
when Candace and Nicole Wilkins and Sid and Latoria were battling, it was a big deal. And those girls have massive followings. And when they retired, other divisions came in as well. Now you got women's physique. So some of those figure girls that might have been a little too big, they went over to women's physique. Some of the girls that weren't as good in, in uh, that weren't as good uh, that didn't fit the figure might have slimmed down a bikini, or now they might do wellness. So what's happened is you can't expect all of these divisions to keep flourishing at every single show when it's it's watered down in a lot of the well girls because pop of the around. top guy the top girls don't compete if I mean, maybe no. one does yes but then it it kind of falls off but that's not the athlete's pr- like fault you know that the popularity but remember yeah it's an invitational so the confusion is is it's invitational they're inviting who they want to invite right yes. they choose who they want to br- they choose what they yes. want to do yeah now i think so about i think it, that's the argument right well yeah but they can choose just like any other promoter can say you know, there's, there was a pro show this last weekend here. They had wellness. Yeah. They only had wellness. You know, why didn't, you know, I didn't see anybody upset that they didn't have the other seven divisions. And that's just the reality of it. Promoters have to be able to make money. You know, like when, when you look at, I'm going to use figure, for example, because they were talking about figure. And me personally. Well, the, pro- the problem, I'm going to tell you the issue. Okay. They had it before. Now they've taken it away. Of course. But you know what? They got rid of women's bodybuilding seven years ago. They got rid of 212. And you heard a lot of complaints about it. did. It, it, but at the end of the day, the promoter has to do what's best for. Well, remember they picked yeah. up also classic physique. Yep, Dave's physique. They picked up. Well, no, Wellness. I mean, yeah. So they added like classic physique just came out a few years ago. So something has to give. Yeah, and classic has now risen, right? Yeah, and unfortunately, it diminished some of the return probably on the other divisions. So let's let's let's. I'm going to use figure as and an now example. wellness is cutting into, of course, figure. Because they have massive stars as well. And they sell. Sponsors want to be involved. They sell tickets. Everyone's, they sell everyone's crazy about wellness yes. right now. So let's we're going to use figure. And anyone who knows me knows I like I want to see all the divisions. I'm a fan of everyone. But sometimes you have to take a step back and understand it from the promoter's perspective. Business, yeah. Figure costs over $50,000 for them to put on. They got to pay a sanction fee. They got to fly the girls in. They got to put them up. I think they gave $24,000 away. It's over fifty grand. So if they add this in, let's just, and I'm just making the argument on that side from the Mm -hmm. business perspective, if you add another $50,000, you're already selling out. You're already doing all this. How do you recoup that money? Ticket sales. Yeah. But if the tickets are already sold out, if, if the main attraction is bodybuilding, is the main attraction. It's all on the same, so you're saying it's on the same time It's on the slot. same time slot. Now there's okay. now there's a whole other thing that you have to look at. And we deal with this going to some of these shows. The length. Some of these shows get so long the length. that people don't want to sit there for five hours. So you have to look and say, which, I want to put on a great perf- a show, whether it's for pay-per-view, whether it's for, for uh, you know, the fans and the attendants. Which divisions do they want to see? Which ones do they buy? Which ones do the company support? Which ones do the, the fan support? And you have to put those on. You know, and I'm going to say this, and, and I know it's going to upset people, and it's going to piss people off, but this is the reality of it. We go to shows all over the world. There's certain divisions when they come on, what happens? Half the crowd gets leave, up yeah. and walks off. I don't walk off because I like watching these divisions. I'm a fan of all the divisions, but you have to understand Certain divisions do not draw the numbers. They don't draw the money. They don't draw this. So at some point, and most, 
every other promoter in the world has decided which ones they're going to do and not do. And at some point, the Arnold Classic Committee or whoever makes that final decision said, these are the six divisions that we feel comfortable with to put on the best show that the fans want to see, that the audience wants to see, that people will buy the streams. And these are the ones we're going to do. And I understand their side. And I can understand why athletes at the same time would get upset because they feel like, you're taking my division away, but it's like, hey, man, like, it's it's a business. Who Who's going to, you know, the Arnold's, like I said, it's $1.8 million to put it up. Where, where do you think this money comes from? Where does Sponsors, it, it, ticket sales. And if, and if now, for example, if a sponsor comes in and says, hey, I want to put Only up the cover prize this money. Much my, uh, I'm gonna, I, division. This, yeah. I want to be part of this division, this. And if they don't want these divisions, what do you do? Mm-hmm. So people, ex, I mean, I've read some of the comments where people are like, that's bullshit. Arnold's rich. He should just lose the money. What, what, what kind of shit is that to say? No, just because he doesn't. I mean, if you put on another four divisions and you're losing 50000 on each one, that's $200,000. Where is this coming from? Yeah, but, you know, we've dealt with the last couple of years where the Expos suffered a little bit, right? Less booths are being sold probably. Um, you know, less companies are traveling because they work from, you know, online location or whatever else. Yeah. So, like, they don't feel that it's necessary to be at a lot of these events. And it's and then look, it's not just the athletes that and a lot of athletes aren't going to understand this. They look at it and go, "We're suffering." The promoters are suffering too. Mm-hmm. You know that Arnold and and I asked him this number. They lost four million dollars in twenty twenty when when the coronavirus happened. How much money did Jake Wood lose putting the Olympian against all odds? Yeah, last if it, minute. If it wasn't for two extremely wealthy guys that love bodybuilding. Where would we be right now? Mm-hmm. Where would we be if the Olympia didn't happen the last two years because they got crushed from COVID? Where would we be if the owner didn't have that type of finance and was willing to put it up? Where would we be if Arnold didn't do it? He lost $4 million two years ago. Last year, he did a show with no expo, no nothing, he, and he raised the prize money knowing he was going to lose. Like, and it, So for me, I feel like nobody is coming to bat for him. And if it wasn't for him... None of us would fucking be here. And that's mm-hmm. the truth. Nobody would be here. Arnold helped pave the way for, for you and a lot of other guys. Think of what you did the first time you won some Arnold Classic money. What did you do? You bought houses. You bought this. It mm-hmm. helped your life. So I think some people need to take a step back and go, instead of us pointing the finger going, look what he's doing, say, okay, like, let's talk about why. You know, why is this really happening? You know, I, know, I know there was some conversation that the, the depth pool wasn't as good. And I know people can argue that, but that's true. It's not. It hasn't been for a while because other divisions are pulling the talent. You know, I could say, and I'm not, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but if I said, name the top five figure girls in the world right now, name the top five uh, women's physique, name the top five bodybuilders, I don't think you could. And you've been around this industry for a long time. There's a reason for that. And that's not, that's not diminishing their hard work. That's not any of that stuff. But we have to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Certain divisions are not getting the traction that they once did. Because figure came in in 2003. It's been around for 19 years. And it was always the top one because there was women's bodybuilding, fitness, and, and uh, figure, figure, and then men's bodybuilding. But as other divisions come in, not Bikini every, started. Yeah, and... bikini started in, in all these other divisions. As they grow... Certain divisions don't have the traction, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't, I don't have the answer of what to do to fix it, but 
We have to it's be more realistic. of an understanding. Yeah. Yeah. We have to understand, Hey, look, certain divisions aren't as popular. Like I remember asking Bob Lormer, I said, why aren't you doing 212 anymore? And he said, all the top guys don't do it. Yeah. You know, you look at it and you, there's an Arnold classic and there's nine guys doing it, you know? Well, shit, the prize money in the men's bodybuilding has gone up quite a bit, right? It went up $300,000 last year. How much is first pandemic. prize? Um, 200 grand. Yeah, man. I was winning a hundred plus yeah. I won a truck a couple yeah. of times. But. 200 grand. I think second is 135. Third is like 75 or eight. Like, it's big classic, I think, went way. I think the classic number was as higher, higher mm-hmm. than the Olympia. So this isn't to say that this is here forever, but at some point we have to look at it and say, I have to understand where the promoter is coming from. The promoter, if the promoter doesn't, look, the promoters need athletes, athletes need promoters. And if one side is, is taking a bath, at some point they have to make changes so they don't take a bath. Mm-hmm. And that's just the, the reality of it. But- I don't know. Tell me what you think. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. I mean, I get the athlete side because it's just there's there's not a lot of clarity in everything uh-huh. um, as far as a number swing. And you remember, I mean, when you race something that was, yeah, it's really hard for people to understand, especially if you feel like you're pinpointing that division. Yeah. Um, but I totally understand what you're saying. I just feel like they just did it without real explanation of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it's a little misunderstanding. I think people will get some clarity listening to this. Yeah. And people have their opinion, you know, and yeah. they'll agree or disagree because, you know, they might favor that division over men's physique or even bodybuilding and say, well, bodybuilding is not the same as it was because, I mean, how many times have I heard, oh, the Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler battles were the best days of bodybuilding. And, of course, you know, Kai Green and Phil Heath and, you know, Lee Haney, Rich Gaspari and, you know, you, it goes on and on, you know, and, the Flex and, Wheeler and Kevin Lerone and Ronnie battles, right? And I know these divisions feel like they're being attacked, but you know what? Men's Open has is feeling this too. Like, you and I travel all over the world. Classic it's has become popular. more talked about than I mean, than that's, the, Open. that's the biggest conversation that I hear out there is like, do you think Classic will take over? And, you know, I remember Generation Iron caught me on film at the p- beginning of Classic and saying, well, it's not as exciting as bodybuilding. I actually stated that. Yeah. And I meant that in a sense like, okay, there's no born stars yet because it was still the yeah. early division. Remember, Danny Hester won the first. And, mm-hmm. you know, we really didn't have the rivalries happening. Now, of yeah. course, you have Sebum and Rough Moan Diesel. And and Rough yeah, Diesel. Rough Diesel Breon. now have back and forth. And Breon was there battling. You know, he won it for a couple of years. So the battles are starting now, and the battles are what's going to build the popularity. Yeah. And especially when you have a face like, like Chris Bumstead, yeah. who's now going for number four. Four, okay. That's what, that's what the storyline is. You story know, you have Rami matter. coming back for three. <clears throat> you know, what could have been? You have a Curry that had won it before, and yeah, I mean – you have the youngsters coming up and, you know, the possibilities. So that's what builds it. And I don't know, the media doesn't cover the female, like if we're going to talk figure at the Arnold Classic. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm going to just point out like RX Muscle, Muscular Development, who attend the shows and do the interviews, not, not NPC News because they cover a lot. They don't even really go into depth with the who's the top, you know, no. we don't, like you said, we don't know a lot of these faces because they come and go or they're fairly new. Yeah. And they're not really given the opportunity to be on that level because when they coverage, coverage these events, they talk about the men's 
yeah. side mostly, right? Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, hit in front of you. This is what we're dealing with. So, you know, I feel the pain being an athlete yeah. and now being on the other side, being a promoter. But in the end, like it's a financial decision. But I just feel like maybe a little more explanation could be yeah. brought forward. And hopefully this brings some clarity to it. And, and, I, and I do, and I do think, and like I said, I like personally, and this is what I'm saying here is seeing it from both sides and seeing the reality mm-hmm. of it. I see things for what they are, not how I want them to be. I love figure. Latoria is a close friend of mine. Candace Lewis, I'm close friends with her and her husband. I used to love watching Sydney and Candace and Latoria go back and forth in battle for multiple. Who's your favorite figures. figure competitor ever? I will say this. Because Nicole Wilkins was really good Nicole too. Nicole Wilkins won a bunch. Candace Lewis has the most flawless physique that has ever walked across the stage of any division. She never won the, she never a won big one. one. Latoria was the most cartoonish figure girl ever. But Candace was is the most flawless. And she had to this day, I don't even I haven't even looked it up. To this day, I guarantee you Candace Lewis has a larger following than any of the girls competing. And she hasn't been on stage in almost four years. What about Sydney though? I mean, she's the most decorated at she's this point. She's the most right? decorated. She is. Sydney, Sydney, in my opinion, just my opinion, Sydney is she's just that much better than everybody mm-hmm. because she battled with Candace and and Latoria. And at the very end, she overtook them. There hasn't been someone that's came up that's really pushed her. So she's she's just on a pedestal. She's just on, an, on another pedestal. And, you know, what can you do? It is what it is. But you have to look at the pot. Like I said, I'm going to go back to the popularity divisions. Go look at the wellness division. It's only been around for two years. The largest following of any girl that competes is on that stage. There's multiple girls with over a million followers. Multiple. The top, but they're girl, Brazilian. A lot of them. some are Brazilian. You know, Yurishna's from uh, Puerto, Rico. Puerto Rico. She's yeah. American. So you have you have five girls that have massive followings. Go to bikini. Almost all the top girls are verified. All of them have over. You know, most of them have over a half a million. But they all have huge fan bases. So if you look at some of these other divisions, the girls don't have the similar fan base. And I don't know why that is because I'm not in their camp. I'm not in their circle. I don't know. If they're good on you social media. You still book some of these girls. Yeah, oh, of course. If I could ever if I could ever put mm-hmm. Andrea Shaw somewhere, I would. She's amazing. I love watch. She's, in my she's opinion, amazing, she's, yeah. she can be Miss Olympia for as many years as she wants. Um, I just We just had Sydney at, at the event in Texas Houston, with us. Yeah. Sid, I love Sydney's awesome. She's, she's a great representative of the sport, and she's, she's I mean, she's just that, the top girl in the game. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't think anyone's close to her, but... In the women's physique side, I'm not familiar with a lot of the girls. Obviously, we knew who Shanique Grant was, and she has a massive following. But it just seems like there isn't girls in these divisions that have that star power. And if you don't have it, like, would Classic be as popular as it is right now if Chris Bumstead wasn't? Yeah, take him out. What happens? If you take, if you take Chris Bumstead out, it's not going to be as popular because he has such a massive fan base, and he makes it interesting. You know what the craziest thing would be for the Olympia right now? Imagine if one of these guys dethroned him. Mm-hmm. Where's the storyline? The biggest name, and he's the most popular guy in our industry, if he gets dethroned. That just builds, it, it makes that division that much bigger because then people are talking yeah, of course. about it. So like you said, there, there has to be storylines. Storylines. And what storylines are there with these other divisions? Like, like the 212, the biggest storyline I've seen from the 212 is the fact that some of the top guys might are go winning, to the Open. Yeah. It's not about who's going to win 212. It's who's going to be there. 
So you have to you have to look at this stuff from a from a on the business aspect of it. So if you're going to promote a two twelve show, who's going to come? Is is Clarie going to come? Probably not. Is Kamal going to come? Probably not. Is Derek Lunsford going to come? Probably not. Well, then who's going to show up? Because the biggest guys are, it seems like, are, are dabbling in some of these other divisions. So that's just kind of my my thought on this. And again, I like all the divisions. I do everything in my power to represent athletes. That's what I do for a living. But you still have to see what's in front of you and see it for what it is and say, I can't get upset that athletes' divisions are getting removed when they're not generating the revenue. And on top of that, like I said, when's the last time you saw these divisions go promote the events they're going on? You know, I, I haven't seen this. Or like I said, let's like, uh, like I'm going to use whatever outlet is really upset at this. When's the last time they promoted these divisions at the Arnold? When did they say go buy a stream to go see these people? When did they show appearances that these girls were at and marketing them. They do it for the other divisions. So there's there's a lot of, in my opinion, there's a lot of blame to go around, but we have to see it for what it is. That's a great rant. So I want you guys to comment and tell me <laughs> what you guys think about it. I'm going to leave it at that. You know, that's it's going to close us up for what I wanted to talk about today. Cause, you don't uh, want to talk about your new house? No. We'll talk about <laughs> it in the next one. All right. Well, so, uh, yeah, so... You know, let us know what you guys think. I mean, uh, hopefully, it, like I said, it brought some clarity to it. A um, little controversy, you know, a little controversy doesn't it hurt. Is. But at the same time, you know, we're heading over to the UK, Arnold, so we'll be there. Yep. Uh, we got to see what, what you know, what's going to go down there because we do have some star-studded uh, lineup people there. I mean, look, it's... Got James it. is looking unbelievable. Andrew Jack, James. Yeah. I mean, those, I mean, look, I know there's a shit ton of hype behind Andrew Jack, and he mm -hmm. could be even Mr. Olympia one day, but... He's still got it. James is. Yeah, he's the real James. Deal. If James is in shape, James he's is in shape now. Dense as you can be. I mean, yeah. James could beat him. So yeah, we'll, so we'll be there. So uh, yeah, so make sure you guys uh, like, subscribe, follow. Make sure you guys comment. Uh, let me know what you guys think about the uh, the canceled divisions, and uh, you know, let's continue to move forward. Yes, sir.